You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles. My name is Dan Johnson. You know this, but uh, hopefully this podcast, right, the Nine Finger Chronicles or the Hunting Gear Podcast or any of the uh, podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation Network gives you uh, a silver lining to your week, right? Whether you're scooping manure, whether you're pulling calves, whether you're driving long haul, whether you're wrenching or welding or sitting in a cubicle typing up spreadsheets. Um, hopefully this podcast is a break from reality and lets you kind of zone out while you go through the motions of work. Unless you're a heavy machinery operator, I don't want you zoning out because that would probably uh, cause, it's probably some kind of OSHA violation. Anyway, <laughs> um, we got a, a mini BS session today. It's a, actually a pretty quick episode, about 30 minutes. Uh, we talked to Kyle Bridges from uh, Oklahoma, and he's going to just BS with me about his deer hunting season, and uh, that's really about it, man. Um, I just want to quickly point everyone to the Nine Finger Chronicles. Um, uh, what are we doing here? What am I trying to promote? I'm trying to promote the <laughs> the uh, Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page and Instagram page. If you're not uh, following along there already please go and follow also be sure to subscribe to the nine finger chronicles podcast you can do that at itunes or you can do that to wherever you you know wherever you download your episodes also subscribe to the hunting gear podcast i host that episode or that podcast as well and uh lots of great content man this week i think we have on uh the brand manager from Botech. yeah that was the most recent one and we got a lot of good content coming um coming out of that 
uh, podcast as well. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the network. Make sure you're following along, not only to my podcast, but all of the podcasts on the, on the network. Other than that, man, I'm just going to do a quick commercial here and get right into the episode. Uh, Ozonics, okay? Uh, by now, if you've listened to me talk about my gear setup, um, how I operate, run and gun style, which it leads into the next product we're going to talk about. But Ozonics is just one of those products that I it makes me feel confident as a hunter. And um, it's just a product that I love using because I feel like it's it's a product that kind of has my back. And uh, without, you know, sounding too sales pitchy, I mean, this ozone that it generates out in the field and out, you know, I keep all my, while I hunt, I keep all my clothes in the dry wash bag. I run an ozone cycle and there's times where I feel invisible walking to the stand, right? And it really cuts down the... Uh, scent profile on my access routes coming in and actually coming out and I just feel like I can get away with hunting a stand um, uh, an aggressive set more times before the area gets burnt out and that right there gives me the confidence right so that's the in the field you know using it while you know using it on my clothes using it while I walk in I actually keep my backpack open and, and let it run and then while I'm in the tree right and, and just in case anything gets downwind to me uh, the ozone that's in the air there really um, I guess depletes might, might be the word I'm looking for really turns down my scent profile to the point where they're just kind of like hmm what is that what you know what is that they don't they don't throw their tail up they don't snort they don't blow they don't run away uh, and they just don't connect that scent with a human and really that's all you want and then uh, I run the dry wash bag cycles uh, when I'm done with every hunt. So uh, go go to their website. Just type in Ozonics in Google, right? And go check out their website. We have a discount code for for you. And that is it's NFC19. So when you purchase a unit, you get a free dry wash bag. Uh, so you can buy the new Orion or the HR 230 or whatever, and uh, or the HR 300, and you can get uh, a free dry wash bag with that discount code NFC19. Other than that, guys, Lone Wolf is the next uh, brand I want to talk about, and it it kind of goes hand in hand with the Ozonics, right? I mean, mobile, quiet, made in America, uh, easy to set up, easy to tear down, and Another product that I really feel uh, comfortable and confident in, it's almost like a, another appendage on me. I mean, I, I, I can do it in the dark. I don't like to, <laughs> but I can do it in the dark. Uh, I can do it quickly. It can go in any tree. And really that's, you know, a lot of other tree stands on the market, man, they just don't, and, and climbers included, if it's not a straight tree with no limbs, you can't get into it. And the... Uh, the lone wolf system really allows you uh, to get in there and uh, go ahead and, and and set up in a crooked tree so you're in the right spot, not necessarily the right, you know, like uh, somewhere close. You can go to the, the, you know, the right possible spot. So if you want to find out more information about lone wolf, go to lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and uh, enter the discount code if you decide to purchase. 9FC50, 9FC50, and 
lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and you're going to save $50 on all orders over $200. So you buy a tree stand, you're getting 50 bucks off or yeah, $50 off. And it's roughly like, it's just under 20% savings. So uh, take advantage of that. All right. Commercials are done. Let's get into today's mini BS session with Cal Bridgers. Three, two, one. Mr. Kyle Bridges, how we doing, man? Pretty good, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It is, um, let's see, it's blowing hard here in Iowa. We're supposed to get somewhere between 8 to 12 inches of snow tonight. So they've already, they haven't canceled it yet, but they've delayed school two hours for tomorrow already. I have a feeling it's going to get canceled uh, all the way. The news says that this little area where I live uh, is like the tip of the spear. So, who who knows? We could get twelve inches. We could get four. Yeah, that's about how it goes around here. Where where remind me where you're from again? The southwestern Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I, I live I, I live around Altus, but I, I hunt uh, northeast of here. Okay. So you're from Oklahoma. Do you guys get much snow throughout the year or not? Uh, it, it really depends. Um, usually when we get it, it's at least down in my part of the world, it's usually late January, maybe this or uh, February, you might get a, a snowstorm or two, but it usually doesn't amount to much. Yeah. So you guys don't get like a lot of accumulation throughout a, a winter? Not really. We get, if we get any kind of accumulation, it's usually ice. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle lives in, um, Southern Kansas, uh, like the southern part of Kansas, and uh, they don't get too terribly much snow. They do get a lot of ice, but not a, not a lot of snow down where he lives. So, um, what are the just out of curiosity? I, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to think about what deer are doing like right now. We already have about six or six plus inches of snow on the ground, and we're going to get dumped again. You know, just making it hard for them to get to anything that's on the the ground of the you know the the forest floor or the ground. If there's any grain waste in the ag fields, but where what are the deer doing in Oklahoma this time of year? Um, usually every morning going into work, you can see them on a green field. You know, winter wheat field. Um, if, if if you have like a good kind of sanctuary that has a bunch of like natural grasses, they they tend to kind of just stay there. The the does kind of move at least at least around my place. Like the does will move around a lot, but the bucks are just content to where they're at. They you really don't see them a lot, especially the older bucks. You really don't see them out a lot until the rut hits. Yeah, and they're usually staying pretty close. But for right now, they're just it's basically the same thing. They're just staying probably right around their bedding areas much as possible yeah so you'll catch them you'll catch them on those those off days you know where it's cold and kind of chilly you'll, you'll catch them feeding okay so when it comes to uh i guess do you guys got a lot of grain down there as far as like corn and soybeans or do you guys have any big ag where you're where you live um actually not really where i'm at where i'm at it's 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 usually a bunch of cotton fields Okay. For the most part, better, and then you'll you'll get after they after they get the cotton out of the fields. Most farmers are put down, you know, winter wheat to just kind of as a cover crop. Okay, so most of the the area that you live in is cotton territory. So 
um, man, I was talking to another guy from Oklahoma where he's like, there's just a lot of mesquite trees, uh, and it's cattle, basically cattle operation. Um, what are the deer eating throughout the years other than this cover crop of, uh, uh, like winter wheat and, and, uh, grasses? Um, we got, we got some very few, uh, oak trees. Um, you'll find them scattered. We've got a bunch of like plum thickets a bunch of plum thickets that are usually covered in the, in the summer starting into the, the fall a little bit. So I think they eat a bunch on the acorns and those plum thickets. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when it comes to your neck of the woods, you know, on the, you said Southwest corner of Oklahoma. Yes. Right off the uh, North Fork river, North Fork river. Okay. So when you know, everybody starts talking about Oklahoma recently and how these are these there's these giant bucks coming out of Oklahoma. I think uh, was it 2019? I think it was had the most 200 inch deer come out of that state in uh, across the whole United States. So more 200 inch deer came out of Oklahoma in 2019. I think it was than any other uh, state in the lower 48. So um, what do, what do you think that reasoning is? How are deer getting so big? Uh, in Oklahoma? Honestly, I I think it's just people are finally starting to realize that if you let them grow, you know, if you let them go, they're going to grow. Yeah. Like most, most people, most people I think out there are kind of like, or or at least for me anyway, like I love deer meat. I love to eat it. That's why I hunt. I'm happy. I think in Oklahoma you get four, four does or you can get up to four does and two bucks. And I love that you can get four does. Yeah. All right, but I mean, a big buck comes with a lot of meat. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So an older mature deer has just a lot of meat on them. Yeah, that's a fact. So you're saying that not for two reasons. One, if if uh, you let the deer go, you can get more meat off of that buck. But at the same time, um, with that age, also comes bigger antlers. Obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because because like like out here on the farm, like I basically hunt on an active cattle ranch. We we, I think it's, it's roughly around four to 500 acres, what I hunt and what I hunt on. And there's cattle pretty much rotated around on all of it. It just happens to coincide that every so often it coincides where we, we rotate them at the start of deer season and they're not on there for a good while. Yeah. So you're rotating, you're rotating your cattle off during uh, deer season or back on? Um, it, it just depends on, on how our pasture rotation set up that for that time. Gotcha. Okay. Like I said, it, some, sometimes it works out to where we rotate them off and then sometimes it just happens where I'm just kind of, cause I want to say we have three different pastures we rotate and, and, and what I hunt. And if, if they're in the back, we'll say, well, they're, you know, they're on the back North spot. I'll punt anywhere on the middle to the front just to stay out of them. They won't come bother me. Hopefully they won't see my truck and think I'm, I'm farming that day. <laughs> then they'll come, they'll come interrupt your hunt. Cause they think they're going to get fed. Oh yeah. They think they're going to get a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, another reason why deer are, you know, in Iowa, we got a ton of ag, right. And even in harsh winters, um, there could be enough grain waste and food on the landscape to, you know, let the deer herd survive. Plus they're just tough animals. Do you think another reason that deer are 
hitting max potential in antler development throughout the state of Oklahoma could be that you guys are, um, you can bait and feed them all year round. Oh, I'm sure that plays a really big part in it. Yeah. Do you, do you feed, do you feed your deer all year round? No, no, I don't, I don't do any kind of food plots. I don't do, the only thing I do is for about a month or two before season, I'll put out corn piles on the ground in front of a camera like inventory sites just kind of see what's see what's lurking around gotcha but you won't you you personally don't run uh corn piles during or feeders during the actual season no no i I generally don't I, i i like i like finding pinch points i like finding you know crosses i like finding deer sign and hunting that deer sign gotcha so let me ask you this if you did decide Hey man, I, I'm going to dump a pile of corn out in front of my tree, uh, my tree stand. Do you think it would help or hurt you? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I've only, I've only really ever hunted in front of a feeder one time and <clears throat> really the, I think I only ended up seeing two deer that even came to the feeder. Yeah. It's just, you. I mean, I, I think it's just right time, right place. Yeah. Because I, I, you hear this, the whole baiting game, right? Obviously, you know, if you have, like, if I, I'll tell you what, if, if it was in season right now and there was 10 inches of snow on the ground here in Iowa and I dumped a, a pile of corn out and I continued to put a pile of corn out in the middle of the timber, um, I would get a lot of deer coming to that pile uh, of corn just to, un, under those circumstances. Maybe not uh, earlier in the fall when there's still like green bushes and, and ag to be eaten up. But the other places that I, I talk, you know, where I talk to guys uh, in, in other states that uh, where baiting is legal, that some of the big buck hunters, you know, that bait don't even hunt over the bait piles. They kind of, they kind of flank them and, or, you know, get way downwind of them or, or try to find a, an area where the deer would be coming to nocturnally in, in these uh, in some of these bait piles, so it just kind of I don't know. I've never had the ability to bait. I it doesn't really interest me at all, even if I could do it. But uh, I was just curious uh, if you ever used uh, if you ever used bait and if it actually helps. Like I said, I really haven't. Like I said, I'll, I'll put out, I'll put out some bait in front of you know a, a few trail cameras in some areas that I think I might hang it or. I might set in because most time I, I sit on the ground for the most part. I like to find a nice big cedar tree, cut some branches back and just sit up against it. Yeah. Okay. So this time, uh, is the Oklahoma season over for you guys? Yeah, it ended, uh, January 15th. Okay. January 15th. It's over pretty close to when Iowa's did. Um, do you, do you do any type of scouting or any postseason work? to help you improve for the next year? Um, generally, I'll, I'll, I like to get out uh, a few times a month maybe and starting in February till April, just kind of see like where they've been moving because generally like I won't go in there unless I have to go in there for farming. So it'll hopefully, you know, quiet back down and they'll get kind of back into to their normal swing of things, then I can always, especially if there's not cattle over there, I can always find trails really easy. You can find fresh trails because the only thing that's going to be running through there is either it's going to be a hog or a deer. Yeah. 
Do you got? Do you guys do a, uh, a lot of hog hunting too? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. So um, every day. Let me ask you this. I, it's a question that I've always wanted to ask. I don't know why I've never asked it before, but in some of these states, and maybe from your opinion, because you you do have hogs on your farms, um, do hogs interfere with the whitetails? And what I mean by that is, do they kick them out? Or are they okay living together? Um, I think I think where people would run into problem there is where you have a feeder and the hogs coming into the feeder running deer off from a feeder. I think just out in the wild. I mean, honestly, it's probably like deer and cows. I mean, yet yeah, they might like look at each other, but I don't really think they're going to be that that like real timid of them. Yeah, or at least I haven't seen that. I've I've seen hogs and deer within the same, you know, eye shot in the yeah. same scene. But it's not like uh, a deer will blow out of there if they see a hog working their way through the, the landscape. I haven't seen that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm always... They might, they might, they might take a different path than they were going to take, but I haven't seen them like just start stomping, raising all kinds of hell and booking. Yeah. Um, from from your experience, when are the deer starting to drop their antlers uh, in Oklahoma? Well, I, usually around my part, it's it's around late February to March, I believe. Yeah, so that's pr- usually when I'll start finding them. Yeah, it's around March and then through through turkey season with April. Yeah, so uh, pretty much standard with the. Uh, with the rest of the nation, man, I tell you what, I, I don't know about you, but I want to put, I want to start putting some miles on. I'm ready to start doing some shed hunting in Iowa. Um, obviously the snow that we're getting really isn't helping things, but we, uh, I, dude, I love shed hunting. Do you have enough access to property to sh- like really put in a good shed hunt? Um, I'll typically do it after work. Usually on days I'll board till, I don't know, one or two and then you know i'll go get my shed hunting out outfit on usually usually take a my ar with me in case i run into some hogs yeah do you find many but um i did i did last year i'll have to send me a picture i've got a car heart that is just plumb full of sheds yeah so from, you... i think it ended up being from like two or three days of me looking yeah so, uh, do you hunt strictly private or do you hunt like a mix of, uh, private public? Um, I, I used to hunt public when I first moved down here and then I got on this, this farm and I've just been hunting this farm, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't blame you. Uh, you know, with, with me, the, you know, I, I'm taking a trip in most time, most years I'm taking a trip in September. Uh, I started taking trips in October. I hunt two weeks in, uh, you know, two weeks in November and, uh, maybe depending on, you know, this year I took a trip in, uh, September and December. Uh, it's not like I, I, I have a good farm that holds good deer and it, it's not like I'm, you know, going all over the place anymore to try to try to find a new farm it's something that i i think i i shouldn't get too comfortable with like i think i honestly in the next month or so as the sheds start falling a little harder i think i'm gonna start knocking on doors uh more you know 
more doors to try to gain access to some farms closer to home and down uh, in my main, you know, by my main farm, just to try to pick up some more options just in case, you know, uh, landowner tries to sell or someone comes in and, you know, and, and then all of a sudden I just lose all this acreage and I'm just like, Oh boy, now what do I do? Right. I don't want to be caught with my pants down before a season starts. Um, do you, uh, are you always actively looking for, for ground or do you have uh, kind of a, uh, are you happy with what you have? I'm, I'm definitely happy with what I have. Um, the good thing is there's, there's a piece of public land and my, it's probably about 50 miles away from my house that I used to hunt. And it's pretty good. It's not a lot of people hunt it. Yeah. I mean, I know when I used to hunt in there, the only time you're really going to run into people is when, oh, muzzleloading season starts happening and rifle season starts. A lot of people don't bow hunt. And if they do, they're kind of like those bow hunters that go beyond, you know, 300 yards yeah and you're probably not going to run into them yeah so uh, it's pretty low-key then oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I've, I've got a couple spots that i still got i still got pinged on a on a gps that are if i ever need to go back there that cool should be some good spots cool <laughs> so let me ask you this um you shot a really good deer during uh during rifle season this year and last was it last year you shot a a big deer, right? A stud, right? Uh, or was it year before? One I got last year. I got a, I got an eight point last year with my crossbow. Okay. And then my dad and then my dad shot a monster rifle. It was rifle season opening uh, evening. Gotcha. Just a big giant main, big giant mainframe eight with a big old drop time. Gotcha. Okay. So. This year, going into this year, um, what did you have on trail camera that got you excited? Um, actually, I, I popped a, a trail camera up. There's an old cabin about a couple hundred yards from where my dad killed that one that last year. And I had it up there at the end of last season. I kept getting a few small bucks and a lot of does. So I ended up putting up there a little bit before season when they were still in velvet. And I was flipping through pictures one day, and he popped up there, that, that big one I got this year. I, I nicknamed him Offset because of uh, on his left side, and he's got that one weird point that just kind of crooks back in. So what and, what um, is he? Explain, I know, I know. explain to people what uh, what he looks like as far as his rack. All right. He's, he's basically a, a mainframe. He's, on his right side, he's got split brows and he's got he's a so that's maybe oh, one two he's a yeah seven seven on his right side with the split brow and he's got a kicker coming off his g2 i believe or g3 and then on his left side his brows aren't split <clears throat> and he's got he's got a couple kickers coming off his base and he's got uh so how many total points Five. does he have? He's 13 all together. Okay, 13 points. He's and pretty tight. It looks like his main beams almost wrap around and touch. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's he, a it's a sick-looking buck. Um, now, so you got pictures of him last year. Uh, you said trail camera pictures of him last year in 2020, and then you got, uh, well, would have been 19, and then 2020, 
you also got trail camera pictures of him, right? Yes. Okay. So how, what was his jump? Would you say did, I mean, what was he last year? Uh, as far as the score roughly. And then what did, what did he end up being this year? Um, this year, last year, I would have said he was probably in, in the one forties, the one fifties. Okay. And I think this year, I think this year he might go one sixty. Gotcha. But I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty terrible at judging him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he ends up, uh, uh, was he I, uh, was he a regular customer last year on the farm? I mean, was he was he there all the time, or is this the kind of buck that the property that you hunt isn't really the the core area? He just comes in and out every once in a while. Looking back on where all I got him on four different camera locations, and in, and in the middle of those four locations, the timber gets pretty thick. So I'm I'm, I'm going to say he was betting within three to 400 yards of each camera I, I was placing. And I was just slowly kind of putting each puzzle, piece of the puzzle together. But th- this year, the last, the last one I caught him on, I just kind of, I just kind of threw the camera up on a hunch. There's a bunch of those, uh, those big green hedge apples, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. And, uh, I just had a hunch because I'm pretty sure I've seen him in there two or three years ago. I think it was the first year I hunted this. I killed a doe in this area and he actually walked up on me while I was gutting her and blew at me and ran off. And I remember it was him because of that weird point on his left side. Yeah. So I had a hunch. And so I, I put the camera up and I caught him. I want to say it was like 1150 AM going down the trail. And I was like, Oh, I got you now. And so I sat, I sat two little, I sat, I kind of set two stands up, really. It was two big cedar trees. One, he walked right by it, and the other one I actually killed him from. <clears throat> so what was the what was the kind of terrain features that he was working in and out of uh, that, you know, led you to be put, you know, put those trees? I mean, it wasn't, was it more than just a, hey, I got a trail camera picture of him here. I got to, I got to put a, a tree stand in this area. Or were there some defining uh, terrain features that he was using coming oh. in and out of the area? There was, there was a trail that he, that, that I saw him using. And I, you know, I kind of walked back and looked in it and it was, it's just a real heavy, thick, overgrown area he was just walking under. And so I'm, I'm assuming he, and it gets real thick. It gets real thick about three or 400 yards from where he was walking in. It gets pretty, pretty thick. I'm sure he was bedding in there. And there's an old creek bed that runs right along a big ridge before you drop off into the river bottom on this property. Okay. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking he was bedding either up on top of the ridge in the thick stuff or just right, right at the, right at that ridge. Gotcha. All right. And was he, did, was he there all bow season too? I mean, did you have any encounters with him during the bow season? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't actually see him until it was after muzzle season. Is when the first and only time I actually put eyes on him was that night. I I, I ended up harvesting them. Okay. Um. So it was. Was it? Was it luck? Or I mean, obviously it wasn't too much luck because you you, you know you got the trail camera pictures of him and. Uh, how many days prior before you killed him did you have the uh, the trail camera pictures of him? I want to say it was three weeks. Three weeks. It was about three weeks. 
and the rut, the pre-rut is, was kicking in and the rut was just starting to kick in because, like I said, earlier that morning, that day I got him, I had a buck chase a doe right in behind me and he chased her right in front of me, but he kind of veered off and I ended up having to shoot her before she blew at me. Okay. So you ended up, uh, I mean, he, he was in the area. You kind of knew, knew he was going to be coming through at, at some point. What, what day of the, I mean, what year or what day of the month was it when you shot him? Friday the 13th, Dan. Friday the 13th. Kind of creepy, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so Friday, the thir- Friday, November 13th. Yes. Okay. All right. So when does the actual gun season start for you guys? It starts um, usually the 20, usually around the last week or so, maybe a little bit before November. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then uh, how was your bow season then? I mean, obviously you shot this guy during the, during the rifle season, but how was your bow? No, no, I got him with my crossbow. Oh, you got, you got him with your crossbow. Okay. The way, the way you, um, the way you mentioned it in, in the, uh, uh, mentioned or in the message you sent me i thought it was uh with your rifle but no you got him with the crossbow Uh, okay all right so so um, i got i I got him in that little window between after muzzle season and right and before rifle season i gotcha i gotcha okay so i mean how was the rest like the october and the previous 13 days of november for you did it come down to a uh um was that the only deer kind of in the area or were you chasing other, other oh, bucks? No. There were, there were quite a few, few bucks I actually had on list. The one of them I actually got with the rifle season. I okay. got during in rifle season, but I mean, I had, I had quite a few older bucks. No one's, no one's really hunted this farm in quite a few years. And so I had kind of, quite a little bit of a, an older bunch that I kept seeing that, they weren't ever really going to get that big, but I mean, they were just old. I mean, wrinkles in their ears. I mean, I don't, I think, I think this, this, the 13 pointer I had, I think he had two or three wrinkles in his ears and that other, the other one I got in rifle season, he had at least three in his ear. Yeah. So, so they, so, um, he, he's been pretty active. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So any, any bucks that you're looking forward to for this next, uh, this next year that kind of made it, uh, through that you may know of, or any bucks that you pass looking forward to, uh, 2021. Uh, oh, oh yeah, definitely. There's, uh, uh, me and my dad and my brother, we all hunted together in the same area on the back part of the, the farm opening day of rifle season and i've i passed up one that i didn't think he was that big <laughs> until it got over to my dad my dad was like that was a giant yeah and but he, he ended up he ended up not getting that one but he got another a, he, he he got a pretty nice 10 point he's kind of older he, he a little bit of a fighter kind of he had a few busted times but uh the other the other eight point i got Oh man, I was, I was sitting there and I just happened to see a doe pop out from the timber and she was kind of in this, uh, I think it was a, uh, one of those plum thickets and I, and I noticed another deer come out behind her and I looked and 
I saw him sitting there, and then I saw him mount her, get off of her. She walked a little bit more. He mounted her again, and then he finally cleared the brush enough, and I took the shot. Nice. Nice. <laughs> good, good, good. So it sounds to me like you had a pretty fun season, man. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. There's, yeah. a, there's definitely a few few Roman out there that were that are going to be nice if they make it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, so are you a, do you uh hunt turkeys at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love me some thunder chicken. Yeah. Do they have a um uh what do you got down there? Re- do you have Rios or are they Easterns? No. Nah. Uh, for the most part, um uh, for the most part we have Merriams. Okay. So Merriams for the I most part. So. Um have have you ever have you killed any Rios down there? Are are they in the area? Um, I haven't personally. No. Okay. I've only I've only killed I've only killed one or two birds off of this ranch. They're they these are some hard birds to hunt. Yeah. Okay. Cool, they man. Don't, they don't talk a lot. Yeah. Are they on the farms that you that you have access to, or do you have to go other places to get those? Oh no, I've got I've got a, a couple flocks on the on the farm. How many acres, by a chance, that do you have access to? Uh. I want to say it's roughly four to five hundred acres. Okay, all right. Well, it sounds like you got everything you need in that four to five hundred acres. Yeah, and and I have a lot of people that don't hunt around me, so. Oh, that that's helps. nice. That's nice. There's there, there's a there's a, there's a couple of people that hunt off to my to my east, but they uh, they, they like to consider themselves hardcore bow hunters. Yeah. But they're yeah. not. I, I I don't think they are. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they are. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, hey, congrats on uh, a good buck this year. Uh, good luck in 2021, and uh, keep me posted, man. No, I appreciate it, man. Hey, congratulations, you too. All right, appreciate it. All right, man, good luck. Thanks for having me. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another Friday episode in the books, man. If you if you can, get outside this weekend. Get some fresh air. Take the kids out. I, I know it can be kind of difficult in these temperatures, but, uh, you know, even if it's just for a couple minutes, get the kids bundled up, you know, push them, kick them in the snow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, really, really get outside, get some fresh air, and then start thinking about deer hunting again, all right, or western hunting or fishing, ice fishing. I think in two weeks I'm going to go ice fishing for the first time in a very long time. So um, if you guys are happy, subscribe, follow along on social, have a good week. Thank you for t- tuning in and uh, have a good weekend. Thank you for t- tuning in and a uh, huge shout out to the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles, Wasp, Archery, Vortex, Optics, Ozonics, and Lone Wolf. Please go out and support those companies because they support me and I get to keep giving you free content, podcasts, all that good stuff, man. So uh, have a good one. Send good vibes out, get good vibes in, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you.